the cost of discipleship, making the shift. And we have dealt with some significant things regarding disciples. One of the things that we've learned is that all believers should be disciples of Christ. But what we have in the kingdom or in the church, we have a lot of Christians, but there is a lack of Christian disciples. A Christian disciple is one who is not just a student of the teachings of Jesus, but one who lives their life, a life that patterns after Jesus or a life that mimics that of Jesus. They walk like Jesus walked. They talk like Jesus talked. They love like Jesus loved. They have the same compassion as Jesus, and they share the gospel in the same fashion. Are you with me? Now, I, and I want to move a little bit further because I don't want to get stuck there, but remember throughout this teaching, you can, if you will, go to Mark 16, 15. We talked about, now, well, we've seen in Matthew uh, 28, I think it is, and where we were commissioned to go make disciples. Make disciples. Again, we have focused on making everything else but disciples. Then in Mark 16, 15, what is known as the Great Commission, we were commissioned to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Will you say that? Matter of fact, let's read. And he said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. And write this down because sometimes in, in our culture, we think preaching uh, is what we know is tuning up and, you know, getting happy, that sort of thing. But from a biblical standpoint, that's not preaching. Write this down. So that word preach is the Greek word. Cariso, and it means to announce or proclaim publicly with conviction. So when we talk about preaching, we're talking about going about proclaiming with conviction or announcing publicly the good news of Jesus. Now, again, we're going to learn some things throughout this teaching relative to understanding the gospel. That's uh, in its totality, understanding what the death of Jesus meant, the burial, the resurrection, the ascension, the seeding, uh, and how that relates to the new covenant believers. So notice we're commissioned to go and proclaim or announce publicly with conviction. So that's where that being a disciple comes in, a student, one who is, has devoted his or her life to Jesus, watch this, and Jesus alone. Okay? Notice, then he said, preach the gospel. Someone say gospel. It's the Greek word, and I'm giving you this to, to give you a little bit more clarity on it, but it, it, it's the Greek word, euangelion. Okay? Euangelion. And it's simply, you, we get the word good, and angelion, we get the word message. So it literally means good message, or that's where we get good news. So when someone is proclaiming the gospel message, it should be good news to that individual. It should be a good message to that individual. And it is that message of conviction that causes that individual to want to turn to this Jesus that you're referring to. Are you with me? Now, I'm going somewhere. Now, from that word 
gospel is what we get our English word evangelical or evangel or evangelist. Now let me say this: uh, every disciple is an evangelist. So listen, you just learned something new today. Now, all those who wanted the title, you can leave today declaring, girl, just call me evangelist such and such. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so as a disciple, you are an evangelist. Are you with me? And it, now, it, it, and it simply means, now, in a, in a narrow sense, it's the good news concerning Christ and the way of salvation. But in a broader sense, in a broader sense, excuse me, the gospel is referring to the whole scripture. And when I say that, rightly divided. Are you with me? Now, something that we need to understand is that if Christ's gospel is the good news, all other gospels has to be false and incorrect. We're talking about the good news. And religion is not good news. Why? Because religion says you have to do something based upon your effort to be right before God. That's not good news to me. Tell me that I have to do this in order to receive that. Are you with me? But when you understand good news and realize what Jesus' sacrifice meant, you know that you're righteous based upon his performance and not what you do. So even when you're not so good, you're still acceptable in God's eyes. See, that's the truth. But no, 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 no. See, to someone who's bound by religion, I, I, don't, I don't believe that. Well, let's see what the Word of God says. So now, remember now, if Christ's gospel is the good news, that means all other gospels has to be false or what? Incorrect news, false news. Galatians 1, 7 8. Listen, again, notice when you proclaim the gospel, you are doing it with conviction. That means you believe it. So when I say, based upon the scripture, when we declare that Christ's gospel is the good news, I can't do that haphazardly and like I, I kind of believe it, I kind of don't. No, you have to know that you know. Because if you don't, then you will back down, minister, when confronted with another gospel. Oh, boy. Are you here? Watch this. There is no other message. That is the good news. But some people are confusing you. See, that's where that being a student comes. A disciple of Jesus is a disciple of Christ and Christ alone. Are you here? They want to change the good news about Christ. We told you the true, we told you the true good news message. So anyone who tells you a different message should be condemned, even if it's one of us or an angel from heaven. So all those who are proponents of an angel giving them a revelation, the scripture says, let them be condemned or cursed. Are you with me? And as we get into this, we're going to discover, and I gave you a glimpse of it a couple weeks past, that there's only one that was able or could die for you. Are you here? 
Now, write this down, and we're going to get into some things. So let's look at the fundamentals, the, fund, the fundamentals, excuse me, or the foundation of the gospel. Apostle Paul clearly articulates this in 1 Corinthians 15. Are you with me? Are you with me? Look at someone and say, are you bored? Because this is good information to me as a disciple. See, again, we have to learn how to be students of the Word, man of God. And we have perfected so many other things. We've perfected shouting. Nothing wrong with that. We've perfected ashananas. We've perfected how to uh, name it and claim it. We've perfected all those things, but when it comes to discipleship, nobody's being converted. <laughs> Why? Because there is little proclaiming the gospel with conviction. And if, you, if you're not solid in the faith, you're not going to declare this with boldness. Are you here? 1 Corinthians 15, let's begin at verse number one. Now, brothers and sisters, I want you to remember the good news I told you. Listen to Apostle now. You received that good news message, and you continue to base your life on it, okay? See, do you see where this conviction is coming in? Verse 2. That good news, the message you heard from me, listen to this, is God's way to save you. It's whose way? God's way to save you. But you must continue believing it. If you don't, you believe for nothing. So where that conviction comes in, you have to believe that in the face of any new religion, in the face of all of these new teachings and uh, uh, gospel messages being preached that oppose the word. You have to keep believing his message. Are you with me? Listen now. Verse 3. I gave you the message that I received. Notice something. I told you the most important truths that who died for your sins? Christ died. No, no other man. No other woman. Christ died for our sins. As the scripture says, that he was buried. Remember we're talking about, and we're going to get into what the death, burial, resurrection, the scene, the ascension, and the seating meant. That he was buried and was raised to life on what? The third day as the scripture says. And that he appeared to Peter, and then to the 12 apostles. After that, Christ appeared to more than what? 500 other believers at the same time. Most of them are still living today, but not today today. Because already somebody trying to figure out, hey, they, they 92 years old, you way off. At the time this was written. Most of them are still living today, but some have died. Notice first, the Apostle Paul, notice he said he received the gospel and then passed it on. He received it. In other words, this is a divine message, not a man-made invention. 
you, you got to remember the Apostle Paul didn't walk with Jesus. He learned about Jesus through revelation. So what he received was revelation. So it's not a man-made. That goes back to the word, the scriptures are of no private interpretation, meaning that man didn't write the Bible. Man wrote as God spoke. There's one author but many penmen. So for those of you, I don't want to be that man makes the, man didn't write the Bible. I don't want to get stuck there. Are you with me? Second, he says the gospel is of first importance. Everywhere the apostles went, they preached the crucifixion, crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. Third, he says the message of the gospel is accompanied by infallible proofs. What, what do you see that? Notice first he said Christ who died for our sins. Who? Christ. That's proved by his burial. And he rose on the third day. And that's proved by the eyewitnesses. But there is a story that's throughout the land that said his body was stolen. Who remember that passage? All my Bible readers. And some still believe that. But no, there were eyewitnesses to that account. Are you here? Fourth, all this was done according to the scriptures. That's, that's why, and, oh, I can't wait till we get into the part about Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And we are up under a better covenant. Hold on. But you have to believe that and stick to it. Are you here? So, number four, he says, all things were done according to the Scriptures. It, the whole theme of the Bible, if you were in, in succinct, is just simply the salvation of mankind through Christ. That's the gospel message. Now, I want you to write some of these things down because we're talking about what? The good message or the good news. The good message. That time that time's going pretty quick. Did y'all speed the clock up? So, uh, and you can write this down, the key to understanding the good news, uh, one of the things we have to understand is, why is it good news? It's good news for a reason. <laughs> then, too, the, it, you know, another component to understanding that is uh, what was bad news for us. But let's look at some things why it's good news. And you can write this down. The gospel is good news in that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son to die for us, to die for our sin. Let me say it again. You can write that down. I will write the students. Where are my students at? Okay. The gospel is the good news in that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son to die for our sins. We've seen that. We just read that in 1 Corinthians. So who died for our sins? Notice his tomb is empty. All other tombs are still occupied. There's nobody in his. John 3, 16, amplified, contemporary. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world that he even gave up his only begotten unique son so that whoever believes in 
trust in, clings to, relies on him, and him alone, that is, shall not perish, come to destruction, be lost, but have eternal, everlasting life. Ever, as a matter of fact, the moment you receive Jesus, the scripture says, you have eternal life now. Neos Zoe in the Greek. Unstoppable. Life that cannot be extinguished. Life that cannot be put out. You have it now. <laughs> Are you here? So one, the gospel is good news in that God so loved the world that he did what? Gave his only son to die for our sin. Number two, the gospel is good news in that we know we all this. Oh, I love this point right here. The gospel is good news in that we're no longer enemies of God. Write this down. The gospel is good news in that we're no longer enemies of God. Talking about the believer, that is. We have been reconciled by the blood of Christ and adopted into the family of God. You want me to say it again? Guys, if you don't know this, you can't stand firm in this. As Paul said, you have to keep believing this. Because there will be those who try to get you off of it with another message. The gospel message is good news in that we are no longer enemies of God. Will you declare this? I am no longer an enemy of God. And we have been reconciled by the blood of Christ and adopted into the family of God. Romans 5.10 AMPC. Now watch this. I want you to understand something because and it's important that even when we were heathens, you know, for the most part, based upon what we've heard about God and what was thrown at us, some still believe that there are enemies of God, even as Christians. And they blame every bad thing. Oh, well, this is. And we and see, we're going to see something. You're justified by what Jesus did for you. And when you realize that, you realize, now the Bible tells us in this world you're going to have tribulations. Things are going to come to try to bring about shipwreck. But it says, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Then in 1 John 5, 4, it tells us anyone born of God overcometh the world. And it is our faith or our agreement with God that gives us the victory. So you're not trying to get victory. Victory. We live from a place of his victory. Now, this is important to understand because if you don't understand that you are no longer God's enemy, when things come, you would think now he's testing me. Hold on, hold on now. In order for me to go to the next level or to receive whatever it is you're believing for. See, now that's out of line with new covenant because if I have to be tested to get, now it's based on my merit. 
It's based on what I do. Now, you might mature, man of God, or learn some things out of, and let me say this, some of the stuff can be prevented if we just stop making bad choices and just stay in agreement with God. See, I'm going to show you this because, see, this is not good for those, well, it's good for truth, but it's not good for religion because religion wants to keep you bound by telling you all this hell and heaven you're going through. God is trying to get you somewhere. Or he's not going to bless you until. Well, see, again, that's based on what I do. You're under a better covenant. Oh, boy, y'all. Let me show you something. Now, no, stop, stop that clapping because you, you, some of y'all are struggling with this. Let, let, let's just look at Bible. Let's look at Bible. This is. See, Dwight. I want truth, man. Jesus said, and you said, stop clapping. Listen, people can't hear you. Listen, watch this now. Uh, Now, see, you know, Holy Spirit, bring that back to me. What was I about to say, man of God? Thank you, daughter. And you shall know the truth, and the truth to make you free. free. The truth. And let me tell you something. Religion keeps you bound because you never know if I've measured up or done enough. That, that, that's not true. That's not liberating. To, to, to go about your day thinking if a rock can fall and crack me over the head. Let me show you something. Guys, you need to see, oh, if you get this, your life will transform. You'll go to bed in peace. You'll get up and go about your day in peace. Even when you slip, you'll get up and still know that, boy, I'm still righteous before God. Now, because of that, you will slip less. But nonetheless, as you slip, as y'all say, as we, let me include myself, as we say, as I slip. Yeah, but, but still, God is not holding that against you and saying you are no longer a part of my family. See, see, y'all clapping, but I haven't showed you scripture yet. Let me show you scripture. Then you can clap. But you're no longer an enemy of God. That's good news. Romans 5.10, watch this. For if while we were enemies were, watch this, for if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of who? His son. It is, more, it is much more certain now that we are reconciled that we shall be saved. Watch this. Delivered from, watch this, daily delivered from sin's dominion. Through his resurrection life. See, here's some nuggets as, you know, what that death, burial, resurrection meant. And because of him getting up. See, the, the whole experience, and I don't want to get into next week's message, but the whole experience of Jesus, of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. You were there through that whole experience. So everything that happened to him happened to you. 
So not only did he get up with our power in his hand, you got up with our power in your hand. Y'all don't pull on that one because now y'all trying to get me into next week teaching. No, we're going to stay right here. So say this, Christ's death restored my relationship with God the Father. You're not an enemy. Why am I no longer an enemy to the believer, that is? Why? What happened? Because of who? His death put you back in right standing. See, not what you do. See, again, we think, what you, oh, Pastor, I, I ain't cussed in three years. That, that, but that's not what makes you right. That's good. It, 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 stay that way. But, but the man that's standing next to you who cursed all day yesterday and, and saved, he is still, see, this is hard for the, uh, the, the, the religious people. He's still righteous before God. Now, your vice may not be cursing, but you declare, I'm still right. I, I, I'm still holy, Pastor. The Lord knows my heart. Well, why is he not? I'm not condoning it. But it's not what you do that makes you righteous before God. It's what Jesus did. And that in itself is enough to want to serve a good God. If I was you, if I was you, I leave all those other gods that I got to do this so many times a day. I got to travel over here. I got to do this. I leave that God. That's too much work. Man, I ain't never satisfied and content with this. Every time I look up, I get it down and pray, oh, oh, go get up. Oh, that's just too much. I leave that God. If it's based upon what I do to be right, man, that is not a good God. That's a slave master. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. Watch this. Although and although you at one time were estranged and alienated from him, and were of hostile attitude of mind in your wicked activities. Yet, now has Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, the Messiah, reconciled you to God. Who did? Christ. How? In the body of his flesh through his So when he died, that puts you in right standing, not what you did or what you do. In order to, yet now has Christ the Messiah reconciled you to God in the body of his flesh through death. Watch this. The whole purpose of that was to, come here, Fred, was, was to present you before the Father. Watch this. So, when, because of Christ, now 
he presents you before the Father. You stand before God, right? Holy. Hold on. Because of what he did. Why? Because now my life is hid in Christ. Now, now for the sake of, I'm not Jesus. Don't leave here saying I'm Jesus. And, and don't you dare clip this and put it on your page. I'm at, is it, in the part where I'm saying I'm Jesus for the sake of illustration. So, okay, I, I'm playing like for the sake of this illustration. I'm a type of Jesus. Let me say it that way. Just for a few seconds. Okay? So, so he presents you. So when he presents you before the Father, Father, this is Frederick. Okay? He, before God, now, he sees Fred as holy. Why? Because he sees Fred through the, the, through the eyes of what? The sacrifice that I made. And another reason why he don't see Fred is because when I went down, the old the Fred went down. And everything that took place while I was down took place with him. And when I came up, Fred came up. Are you here? So watch this. So God sees you. When you say God sees me holy, faultless. Do you see this? And what? Irreproachable in the Father's presence. Even with what you did last night, he sees you holy. That's why you ought to be all the more, Father, thank you. You're such a good God. You know what I did last night, Father, forgive me. Matter of fact, I received your forgiveness. I only have to ask because you have forgiven me for all time. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you, sir. Are you here? Verse 23 now. Listen now, he's going back to something Paul said. And this he will do, provided that you continue to stay, watch this, to stay with and in the faith. That, see that agreement? So you have to stay in agreement. That new covenant faith is living in agreement with God. What do you mean? I agree that everything that Jesus had, that everything that, that that took place, and as a result of what he did, I'm in agreement with that. Are you here? And this, oh, look at this, and this he would do provided that you what? Continue to stay and in faith with who? Christ. Well grounded. And so you got to be, that's what those convicted, y'all been, y'all were looking at me cuckoo earlier, sideways. Wait, where he going with this? You see where I'm going? You know where I'm going. well-grounded and settled and steadfast, not shifting or moving away from the hope which rests on and is inspired by what? The, here it go. The glad, the, see, the good news. See, when you understand the good news, you don't let people, man, God, move you off of it. I man, I told you, you still save and got a pack of cigarettes in your pocket. See, see, the, if you move off of that, not only will you not stop, you'll go back to religion, and forever remain bound. I'm not telling you to go smoke. I'm saying, if I received Jesus and I uh, was a smoker, I'm still saved. 
with cigarettes in my pocket. Now, I, I, I believe God to, to come off of them. Me, the, the package tell you that it's home for your health. But now watch this real quick, and I'm going to move on. Okay. I don't agree with that. That's fine. Just, just, just give me chapter, verse, scripture where it says smoking can send you to hell. I'm just saying, just shut this. I'm, I'm waiting. Am I telling anybody to smoke? What am I saying? I'm saying, why are you trying to wean off smoking just like somebody else might be a, something else? See, again, if it's based upon that, now it's based upon my merit. Lord, you know, I'm not right unless I stop. See, now you're trying to do it with your own efforts. Oh, and you feel condemned every time you, well, you should feel some kind of, not condemned, convicted now. I have to explain this because some of y'all be getting out here, yeah, pastor is right. You didn't hear me say that? You didn't hear me say that? I said, Pastor, you still saved. Why are you trying to come off? That's my point. See how y'all be? I, be, some, I see some of y'all stuff. I, 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 have to, I have to report you to Facebook jail when you say, I ain't said that. Watch this. Which you have heard and which has been preached as being designed and offered without restrictions to every person under heaven of which what? Gospel. I, Paul, became a minister. Again, notice that provided that you continue to stay with me in the faith in Christ. See, it's possible for a believer to remain unconvinced that God is for us. Yeah, it is possible. It's possible, just like with the thing, I just, the illustration, I just, it's, some people may feel like, yeah, man, they told me down there that I'm, I'm still a sinner. I need to be purged. Oh, man, they said, man, I'm smoking and I'm, I'm going to hell. See, they're unconvinced. Again, they're thinking it's based upon what they do. Don't nobody, I have to, let me clear this up real good. I'm not advocating puff puffing. <laughs> I'm saying don't you leave, leave here condemned. And maybe this is for a smoker in here. I don't know. Don't you leave here condemned. But I'll tell you this. He'll take that taste away. I don't know. I feel it on this side. But you see, uh, we not you under. I'm not gonna call you out. Don't worry. About but but if you keep looking like you know, you're gonna tell on yourself. You bet. If you're a smoker, you better look like he's telling the truth. See, I won't know. You got to you got to be cool with it. Preach, Reverend. He telling the truth, y'all. But if you're that kind of like, uh. it's possible. That a believer might remain unconvinced that God is for them, for us. And usually, sometimes people feel like this, man of God, when they're going through trials. Because they say, well, if God is for me, why am I going through? But in Romans, we see Apostle Paul offering copious or, or substantial evidence, watch this, of a comforting and reassuring truth. 
There were those who were being persecuted, and Paul gives them some reassurance. And this profound truth is that, this is the truth that he gives them, what we're about to read, is that God is for us. Well, hold on. Even when you're going through, he is for you. And why is he for me? He's for you because he's working out his ultimate purpose for us, which is to make us like Christ. He has predestined, called, justified, and will glorify us. Now, to combat this discouragement, Apostle Paul, again, provides some ultimate evidence. Let's go to Romans 8, verse 30. Begin at verse 30. And I'll probably read the verse 34. So, so now we, we've seen that... I'm no longer an enemy of God. I have to settle that fact. I have to settle that fact. And resign to no matter what anybody say, no matter how I feel, I'm not God's enemy. Whether bills are backed up on your head, whatever it is you like, I'm not God's enemy. And God is not doing this. Why he got to take you? It, it, I, I just, I'm just not a proponent of just believing all these little cliches. Well, he got to take you back to the movie before. I, I ain't confessing that. That's what you want to say. That's you say it. Again, I'm not saying things won't try. You, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers them out of them all. I'm just saying, let's stop blaming God for everything. Are you here? See, see, that's a conundrum in and of itself. First, you say the devil's busy and God, we, who, who, both of them fighting you, both of them. Man, you, you're not going to win. Ah, oh, the devil's busy. Oh, God got me going through this. The devil's busy. Oh, God got me going. We, we, we. God is for you. Are you here? Oh, I know my our online eat church is eating this up. Don't don't let them out eat you. Now nah, you should have been doing that earlier. Have I? Heard? That's the first time you're hearing that today. Is that your first time blowing it? Oh, you've been blowing it. Okay, thank you. Okay, now this is just. I like you normally ride with me. Ride now. I, well, I couldn't hear it all that clapping. So, so let let's go here. Are you here? Romans eight, and those whom, which I just said to you, and those whom. He does what? Foreordained. He also called, and those whom he called, he also just watch this. Acquitted, made righteous, putting them in, putting them in right standing with himself. And those whom he justified, he also glorified, raising them to a heavenly dignity and condition of state of being. What then? 
said we say to all of this, these troubles and distresses that we're going to see later. If God is for us, who can be against us? Listen, beloved, you have to know that God is for you. Who can be our foe if, say this, God is on my side? So who can be our foe if God is on our side? Verse 32, who, listen to this, who did not withhold or spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. Will he not also with, oh, here it go, with him freely and graciously give us all things? Hold on. Because of Christ now, he has freely and graciously, because of Christ, he has freely and graciously given us all things. Because of Christ, he has freely and graciously given us all things. Things. Because of Christ. So the things aren't coming because I've done something right. The things are freely mine because Christ did something right. So if he has freely given me all things, then that negates the fact that I have to go through this to get that. That is a lie because I got that because of what Jesus done. And not only did I get it, I got it freely. How do I get it? By getting into agreement and staying there. All things. What's left out of all? Oh. So look, look, now Apostle Paul, he asks us, he, he's, he's asking us to be convinced. Notice he said, if God did that for us, how could we ever think he is not for us? If he sent his son for us, why in the world am I thinking he's not for me? Are you here? More than that, if he would not withhold his son, how would he not give us freely all things along with his son? Let, let me say it again. Y'all looking like. If he didn't withhold his son, brother Moore, how would he not freely give us, watch this, give us freely all things along with Christ. In other words, because of what Christ did, all these things are freely given. So you might learn something from going through, but it's not the going through. Because I know a lot of people who went through and came out and still don't have things. And every time I talk to them, they don't went out and came in again and still don't have things. But I submit to you that if you get in agreement with God and realize it's not the things manifest is not based upon my goodness, but my agreement. So stop agreeing with this. God has to take you through something in order for you to receive heaven's blessing. We just seen that because of Christ, things are freely 
given. Look, if it's based, it's not our righteous acts that pleases God. Because if it's based on my righteous acts, again, then it's merited, not unmerited. That means you did something. Are you here? It, it, oh, I heard that. Oh, well, in Hebrews 11, he said, without faith, is it impossible to please God? You already know, and I've taught you this for years, that word please, in the Greek, it means to gratify, also to agree with God. So, w- without that agreement, God is not gratified. Let me even take it a step further. Er, where, er, my best English. That's verse six. If you get on around verse thirty-nine, he tells us we're not even under that covenant. So even if we try to, oh, he, without faith, he ain't pleased. That ain't even for you. He had a better covenant for you. And what Jesus did satisfied the Father. Y'all missed that. When I finish this, before you start saying that, and don't want to agree with what I just said, go to the, towards the end of the chapter and you will see that he had, he had provided something better for us, and that better portion was Christ. Are y'all here? Y'all here? Can I this? Let me see. Y'all stop. My eyes are fine. Y- y'all tickle me doing that. Y'all stop doing me like that. All right. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, no, no, y'all stop. Yeah, they are small. <laughs> Let me see something. Thank you. Appreciate it. Are y'all here? Let me show you something real quick. <laughs> man, these glasses, I don't think they work, man. Say it again. Uh, who's are these? Yours? Oh, these are stronger. Let me see. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, what did you say last week? Uh, let there be light. What was that you Uh, Isaiah 56, tell me, matter of fact, get verse uh, 10, uh, Isaiah 53, 10, let me see something. So, so, y- y- y'all just got something. 
You know, for those who stuck on uh, 11 Hebrews 6, for that faith is impossible to please him. Again, it's, God is not gratified when you're not in agreement. But if you read on, he's given us the testimonial, of course, of the patriarchs of old. Now watch this. He provided something better for you. So I can't say he's not pleased when I'm not walking perfectly as I should. Because it's not based on your performance. Because you got to remember, before him, he sees you holy, blameless, and above reproach. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Talking about Christ. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offer for sin, he shall see his seed. He, he shall what, see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in the land. So, because of the fact what Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ, that's what pleased the Father. Not because you come to church on Sunday and Zoom meeting on Wednesday. That's good. Let me, let me get to a place of closing. This is so good. Boy, I wish I was like, Pastor, listen, man, give me about 30 more minutes. But I'm not, I, I know, I know. You. Hold on. So we have to stop agreeing with that. I'm not saying things may not try to come and throw you off. But let's stop confessing, well, I got to go through this to get, see, uh, uh, you, now you're saying it's what you do. Verse 33, who shall bring any charge against God's elect? When it is God who justifies, back to the cigarette smoking, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? When it is God who justifies. Put them on, you know, I'm, I'm agreeing with you to stop. But, but don't leave out of here condemned thinking you're not a believer if you ask Jesus to come into your life as Savior and Lord. See, religious people don't like this. Holy rollers. And let me say this. Saint, the Greek word hagios, means holy. Every believer, you already, you're not, holy is not, holiness is not something you try to get. You are holy. Are you here? Who shall bring a charge, uh, any charge against God's election when it is God who justifies? That is, who puts us in right relation. So if he is the one who puts me in right relation to himself, it can't be anything that I do that puts me in right relation with him. Why? Because it is he who does it. Who shall come forward and accuse or impeach those whom God has chosen? Well, God, who acquits us? Now, Apostle Paul has established a couple things here, that God is for all who have put their faith in Christ. Will you say that? God is for me because I have put my faith in Christ. Now, as a result, no charge or accusation made against us can stand because God has provided for our justification and Christ is interceding for us. So when people try to condemn you, Send it back to the sender. Package denied. Yeah, return to sender. 
Oh, let me give you this. Verse 34, who was there to condemn us? There it go. Now, Holy Spirit will convict. In other words, point you at the place of your error. But Holy Spirit does not condemn. Condemn. Will Christ, the Messiah who died, or rather who uh, raised from the dead, who was at the right hand of God actually pleading as he intercedes for us? Listen. You have been adopted into the family of God, beloved. And he sees you. Uh, can I show you a couple more verses? Again, see, you have to believe that, man, believers now, I'm in the family of God. And none of my proclivities or my habits or tendencies that I'm trying, that I'm overcoming daily can deny that fact. And, I, and, and I'm not going to allow mama them, cousin them, daddy them, friend them, anybody who looking at my imperfection tell me I'm not a child of God. Girl, I thought you were saved. Oh, they, they, they're quick to do that. Oh, boy. Let me give you this real quick. Say, I've been adopted into the family of God. This is part of the point I just gave you. Uh, 1 John 3, 1. I'm almost there. But I, since I wasn't here last week, thank you for the extra five minutes. Amen. See what an incredible quality of love the Father has given, shown, bestowed on us that we should be what? Permit, permitted to be named and called what? And counted the what? Children of God. And so we are. So for every believer, will you declare this? I am a child of God. The reason that the world does not know, recognize, acknowledge us is that it does not know, recognize, acknowledge him. So someone who's outside of a covenant, that goes back to what I always just said. If they see you have, uh, have a mishap, they're not going to see you as a child of God because they can't. Because they can't. Mind is still in darkness. That's why sometimes heathens don't, you know, recognize you in, as a child of God. They can't, so don't get mad and upset at folks. They can't. <laughs> Who are you supposed to be? You just, you just like me? No, no. I'm not saying I'm better than you, but we are significantly different. Then at the same time, they'll tell you, we all God's children. No, not quite. We are all God's creation, but we're not all God's children. Well, we just seen that. The world... Doesn't recognize. Well, why would that be there if we're all God's children? No, you become a child when you believe. And let me show you First John one two. Uh, first, uh, no, John one twelve NLT. I'm, I, I got one more verse and we're done for today. 
So let, let me just show you this. Somebody want to leave it? Yeah, yeah, we all God's children. No, we're not all God's children. We all God's creation. But not all his children. All can become his children. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become. To who? All who did what? Believe. Yeah, I'm talking to you. All who did what? Believed. And accepting him. He gave the right to become. So, so stop cosigning on everything. Yeah, man, we all God's children. <laughs> Just say, uh, will you read John 1.12 for me? The last one for today, write this down. The gospel oh, is the good news in that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And all the free people said amen. Everybody else who probably feeling some kind of way. And not once have you heard me say, you know, the new covenant creation can live any kind of way. Or what they call antinomianism, where you just live lawlessly and no rule. That, no, you never heard me say that. Because the word of God gives us an instruction how we should walk. I'm letting you know is that your righteousness is not based on how good do you walk? Walk good, please. Walk right. But it's not your walking right, per se, that justifies you. Walk right. How am I telling you to walk? Walk upright. But when you, again, slip, you have to know that. See, when you, when you slip, because you're not condemned, you can get up with confidence. Father, I thank you that I'm still a righteous of God, and I would not do that thing again because we read earlier, I am, I am delivered daily from the dominion of sin. Watch this. Or from that thing that causes me to miss the mark. Romans 8.1, I want to show you three different translations whereby you can pretty much get the point. What was the last point? We are what? It's good news because what? Thank you. Okay, now let's uh, let's try to do it in unison. I'm done. What was the last point? There is no condemnation. It's good news. The gospel is good news because there is no condemnation. To those who what? Are in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now what? No con see, I like the NT because it's close to original Greek. I think the the uh, um, King James, New King James says, uh, there's no there's now no therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk out the, the flesh but according to the spirit. That's not an original. 
and translators, study will show you that translators inserted that because they thought Paul's gospel was characterized by too much grace. Look how man imposed, but if you read the original, it says there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period. Period. So stop confessing that other half. Let me see the other translation. Watch this. So anyone who is in Christ, Jesus is not judged guilty. Next. So those who are believers in Christ, Jesus, can no longer be condemned. That's good news. And listen, any believer who understands the true gospel message will not willfully, intentionally, purpose, purposefully, every each and every day set out to do nonsense or to walk adversely. You, you're just not going to, no, 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 no. You're going to purpose every day to walk upright because you understand that it ain't, hey, man, I, I, I'm doing it, but it, Thank God it's not because because I'm not perfect. It, it, and and to, the, to those who believe there, you know, you're not. You're not perfect. You, you can't be perfect. And we all, people always refer back what the, the, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, be ye perfect. Christ is perfect. That word perfect in the Greek, it literally means to be mature. It means to grow up through a process of development. That's what he's saying. He said, be mature as Christ is mature. Not The only perfect one is Christ. So perfect in the sense of what we think perfect is, that's an illusion. You're not going to be perfect like that in a sense. Did that hurt your feelings? You okay with that? Who can be okay with that? Because some of y'all are like, no, I don't agree with that. But well. That means you never have a bad thought, never, because you're perfect. That means you'll never, uh, I mean, you, that means you do everything right. You're crossing every T, dotting every I. I mean, you're doing, I mean, you, not only are you doing it right, but you're doing it all the time, 24, 7, 365. That's too much pressure, man. Too much pressure. Come on, let's get a load of hand clap of praise. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God, please visit ShekinahGloryFC.com or download our church app from iTunes App Store or Google Play by searching Shekinah Glory FC and click Give to make your donation.